Christmas hat had his hat on. I got a missent email from a prospective buyer of a used iPhone mm. on like an Italian equivalent of Craigslist. Did you sell them an iPhone? Uh, no, but I got an, an email also from the seller after that, which also went to my email address saying like, actually the screen has been replaced. So it costs more now or something. <laughs> so we'll see if the guy, can you just in Italian translate? No one gets a cell phone and just reply into the thread with that. <laughs> there is no cell phone. <laughs> the cell phone is for nobody. <laughs> God, he just started secretly hijacking their yeah, thread just, and oh, be like, sorry, Oh, the, the screen, screen is actually is, broken the again. Fucked. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll give you 50% off. And then also <laughs> just with each email, attach a picture of someone pretending to hold up the leaning tower of Pisa for a tourist photo. <laughs> no. Look how strong the screen is. And it's broken screen. <laughs> dropping, dropping I broke it off the, the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> this, is how this, this is how the screen broke. I was in France. <laughs> Completely coincidentally. I was in France showing someone my photo of holding up the leading tower of Pisa. And as I reached out to show it to them, I dropped it off the Eiffel Tower. 20 euros. See if you can reply into the thread from other email accounts now that you're on it. So then start creating. I do. I'd like this phone. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who are you people? I was here first. I was here first. <laughs> this is my phone. December 2nd, 2015. This is Idle Thumbs 239. I'm Chris Remo. I'm James Spafford. I'm Jake Rodkin. And I'm Sean Vanneman. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Merry wow, December. That's a classic. Yeah. Hi to you hey. all. <laughs> oh, hey, Spaff. Good December to you all. Yeah, Happy things, holidays or something, right? It's a holiday time now. It's Happy Dishonored PSX. I don't know. I'm not used to this. Oh, yeah. Is it Happy Dishonored PSX? <laughs> Happens on a Tuesday evening in this room. <laughs> it's very different than Moscone on Saturday. Wow. Yeah. It's not a lot of fanfare. Used to play in Fallout 4, huh? You're saying Me? I am, yeah. Yeah. Any I'm new revelations? Um, I'm crappy at it. It's the main revelation. I get blown up a lot as well. <laughs> Almost constantly. Like, I have grenades falling out of my pockets or something. I get blown up all the time, always, everywhere. Boom. <laughs> Inexplicably. Just beep, 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 beep. Uh-oh. <laughs> like, that's my life. That is my life. Hopefully on, like, the 70th time that you get exploded, a strange green-haired version of you is seen <laughs> disappearing off into the rocks, uh, and you have millions and millions of dollars, and it's Nick Brecken. <laughs> oh yes, God, I, th- man, I, I was I was stretched very thin to keep a hold of that thread until the very end. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I read an article today, and they decided to never leave Sanctuary, so they just started a game and then just stayed in Sanctuary to see if they could progress. Um, and this is a nice little story about how they progressed or failed to progress in different in different ways. Um, the main thing they needed to do to do anything was to get more settlers to come to the town. And in right. order to do that, they have to build a uh, one of those like summoning beacon things. So the first thing you have to do is just cheat to get this one crate that's in your town to spawn this like one specific item that you can break down and get this crystal. So they just loaded that, you know, loaded a save a million times until they got that thing. And they managed to lure people there and then like trashed, like recycled everything in Sanctuary, trying leveled up by like building wooden planks stacked really high and then trashing them and building them all again. <laughs> Just like, it's a weird fun tale. That's awesome. <laughs> That's I cool. found myself doing like, I, whenever I go to Sanctuary, I like always clean up a new area of it. It's like, oh, that's a mess over here. How did I see this earlier? Like, that place is sparkling in my Oh, it is? Oh, my gosh. Everything, I have scrapped literally every tire. Everything has been cleaned up. It is pristine. I try to do that, but then when you build new stuff, it's just, like, just as raggedy as the crap. I know. I'm like, could I have measured? Like, this is bullshit. (laughs) Just fucking, like, find a level while you're out there. Yeah. Just fucking, just, or eyeball it. Get somebody to be like, does this window look askew or no? Yeah. yeah, you don't want to draw too much attention to your to your new settlement, lest people think that it's nice. Oh, I covered oh. mine in disco balls. <laughs> it looks really good. I only did, I only did <laughs> the, the metal only curved <laughs> houses, so it looks like a mix of like metal Tatooine. 
Only the metal curved houses. Mm. And I do everything. I only I build a house and it's for one thing. So I'm like, this is the sleeping house. Beds everywhere. And then I go and like, this is the cooking house. And I'm like, just like backyard full of vegetables. Yeah. Fridges all along every wall. Like, I don't know. I'm going full commune. It seems more efficient that way. Hmm. Yeah. It's good that you're having fun with that. That's, yeah, that part of it. It chills me out. Yeah. So every now and again, I go there and do something. I'm like, why am I doing this? I should just <laughs> go and wander around the world. My answer to that question fun. is so I don't have to get killed. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> literally it. So I don't get exploded or have a beefer run into me with a mine in his hands, which happened the other night. <sighs> the beefer. There's those beef dudes down in, like, <laughs> the, main, like, in the first city in Diamond City or whatever. Those beefers. Because I haven't been to Diamond City yet. Don't go. It there's sucks. beefers there. There's fucking there's beefers, beefers there. beefers. They'll get there's, you. There's ruffians who just want to shoot you. There's mines everywhere. Your dog. Yeah, that's there. I got a quest to go there, and I went there and just seemed to be guarded by people who wanted me dead. So I'm like, okay, I'll just... Everybody loves you in Sanctuary. Yeah. Yeah. You're like God to them. <laughs> you provide them with melons. House Here, I have seeds to, to plant tatoes. <laughs> Tatoes. Tatoes. Do they ask you what they are? Tatoes. Do they ask you what it is? <laughs> What's tatoes? I, I planted them. They actually, they, and they all died. Uh, <laughs> I was like, "Come on, guys, you got to look after these. These are hard to find <laughs> out in the wasteland." You know, just Always got them at that farm. Yeah, that's true. Farm. That one farm. Yeah. Yeah. And just that, keep taking them. That weird robot farm. Have you found that mm-hmm. robot farm? I wish it was easier to find people who were like the vagabonds. When you know what I mean, the people who are just the wandering, the people who are just wandering the world. There's like whatever, like trash can Sally, or what's her name, with the with the two headed. That's probably no, whatever. No, it is. Her name is very that. similar to like it's like yeah, it's like garbage pill Carla or something. It's like something. It's definitely that. Yeah, but- <laughs> <laughs> yeah wow. But like, I wanted to go. <laughs> so, I, like, I knew she had stuff. Like, I know she's got. She's got all that stuff. She's so much stuff. Yeah, you know, so I wanted to- feces Jessica, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Poop Karen, <laughs> you know. Toilet bowl Sue. I don't know. <laughs> that. Yeah, her. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These are all actually different canonical characters that you can find through some of this, the many colorful this, characters this, players this, might discover. This is one very unpleasant town in Fallout 4. <laughs> this is actually uh, Fallout it's 6. One of the stranger, oh, like, post-apocalyptic cults of this world. I think that it's actually the Fallout 5, their new Vegas is Poopwater, New Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Where it takes your city skyline city and builds a right. fallout settlement out of it. Mm-hmm. I do think this woman's name is like Trash Can Karen or something. I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, oh, what's her deal? You know, you just wish you I just want because I just want to hang out with all trash cans. Well, we're like, around early on, and she's like, "Hey, what's up? Got, I got stuff. You want to trade? Let's do this." And she's got this two-headed cow that follows her around with all of her stuff on top of Brahmin. it. Big. What? A Brahmin. Brahmin. Yeah, whatever. And uh, and. I've been wanting to, like, I just, like, I don't know how to get her to come around. They're like, I saw her in Sanctuary, and I was like, oh, she's over there. And like, oh, but let me finish doing this thing first. I go talk to her. Gone. Instantly gone. <laughs> yeah, that's the big part of that guy who's like, right, I'm going to stay in Sanctuary's thing. was like, at some point, a trader will come. But he's like, I don't know how to get them to come here. They're not turning up. He's just waiting and waiting and waiting for them. So he has a plan to build a shop. In it's his amazing town, to me that hopes that like, that mean they will yeah. come and trade with that person. I want to know how that stuff actually <laughs> operates under the hood, like, like the weird she, systems. Yeah, how is that stuff being tracked? How is that? Like, Do you think they so just randomly spawn when you spawn in the world or something? And when like, you fast you, travel, like, they the read Truman Show dig? nucleus of all the things that can happen. It's sort of like, boop! Oh, it's over that hill. She'll shook him over the hill here now that you've arrived, or she got her own thing going on. I don't know. I find that mm-hmm. stuff to be really fascinating. But also incredibly annoying when I just want to fucking hang out with her. Or That's buy the some kind of thing you her. can probably game fag. I know. <laughs> How do I find the goddamn where trash can is trash can Sally now? Question mark. I'm feeling lucky. <laughs> that I'm feeling lucky button doesn't work anymore. It got it's it's, is it's it even there. It's vestigial. It shows up on the homepage of Google, but when you start typing anything, it automatically takes you to the results page. So that button is just there, so people feel comfortable with the look of the Google homepage. Mm. Oh my goodness! I think right. if you turn JavaScript off, it still works, but I don't think it does the same thing that it used to do, or something. Or like if you click it now, 
without pressing a search, it just takes you to like some about Google page or something. But yeah, oh, you, a random, I thought it was just a random page <laughs> on the internet. It, takes, it just random rolls any old page. Tells you where you know, Trash Can Sally is. Yeah, yeah so if you <laughs> <laughs> do it from, from all data on your computer, what you're most interested in. Yeah. Oh, might be. And, and then for most people, that's the current location of Trash Can Sally. Useful information. Or shit Alice people. or whatever those names were. <laughs> shit. <laughs> rubbish <laughs> Bin Liz is the like English transplant yeah, rubbish in that bin. town. <laughs> rubbish Bin Rubbish Elijah. Bin Elizabeth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A humble gutter snipe. <laughs> Did you guys Getting see... Have you guys, <laughs> have you guys encountered that character Dance? Paladin yeah. Dance? Yeah. Yeah. Who sounds exactly like to me like George, George Clooney. Clooney? Yeah, yeah it sounds totally. exactly like George Clooney. Yeah, the guy who plays him must also just be a professional George Clooney, like a professional George Clooney. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Period. I mean, well, so that's a, okay. Do you mean he is George Clooney? No, he's not. I looked him up, but like, okay, this is like, isn't why I brought this up, but just separately. That's apparently totally a thing. Like, if you look or sound like a particular celebrity. That can just be your job. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Exactly. there yeah, are yeah, like professional Angelina Jolie's and yeah. like professional. Yeah, the guy who played Marty McFly in Telltale's Back to the Future games does like a spot on Michael J. Fox voice, but he also does a spot on Johnny Depp as Captain Jack Sparrow, and kind of has enough of that look that he just is a fake Johnny Depp, yeah. or was for yeah. a long ass time. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a thing that you can like be represented by an agent yeah. for. Yeah, sound alike stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And look alike. And yeah. look alike. They got uh, one of those Johnny Depps to be on Nathan for you. Do you have you seen that show? It's super good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> man, speaking of okay, so a reverse version of that. Did you guys see the video where Adele impersonated an Adele impersonator? Oh, yes, I did. And then and then like went and fooled a bunch of other Adele person impersonators <laughs> at like some kind of of like private event they held for themselves seemingly. yeah it was like I an adele impersonation think... like contest for the bbc or something yeah they all knew that like they, they were going to be picked as the best one right and then and then she's then it like became obvious she was actually adele and they all like melted it was so the adorable. moment she opens her mouth it's yeah. just like yeah they all just yeah yeah anyway so <laughs> in this the the character dance who to me sounds like george clooney paladin a, dance yeah to a lot of people <laughs> apparently sounded like buzz lightyear um, which I could see, like once I once I sort of I saw guess. that, I'm like, oh, I can, I can see it when you hear him. And some some modder made a modding like a a mod that allows you to equip him specifically with Buzz Lightyear power armor. Yes, but just like the, the like pastel <laughs> green and oh, white, perfect, and like little decals on it. Yeah, because he's usually wearing that power armor like yeah. the whole time. He's never out of that. Yeah, shit. It never really, takes it off. It's really good. It's a hilarious looking dumb thing that someone just made for some reason you have to go through all this bullshit to get him to wear it like to that particular armor because <laughs> it like, doesn't him. it doesn't spawn on him it, like you have to get it some other means and like but it was it was the power armor that i guess could be textured to look yeah, the most like buzz yeah Lighters. yeah exactly a uh, space suit pretty yeah. pretty it's, close it's good pretty good. good it's good good <laughs> um so i guess that's fallout 4 i played uh super hot a all the way through, actually, yesterday, if you guys remember that game. This game was released as a free... I don't remember what... It was a Game Jam game, I guess. Yeah, yeah we, right? we talked about original Super Hot back on the... Yeah, a while We talked ago. about it a couple times, because yeah. we talked about it when it was... When it first came out, we talked about it when it kickstarted. Mm-hmm. Um, That's right. Um, so, I, I didn't realize that it was already at this point where it had sort of a full campaign. But it does, and I, I played it yesterday... Um, I think right now you can play it if you're uh, a Kickstarter backer. I think a certain tier of Kickstarter backer. Yeah, if you back the Kickstarter at a certain level, you can play it. Um, uh, It's really, really, really cool. It's like, uh, it's the kind of concept where you could imagine, um, it's a game jam concept and a lot, and, you know, often game jam concepts are really, really great for the length of the game jam game, which is usually, you know, a matter of minutes. Um, and then sometimes you think, oh, wow, this is actually really brilliant and probably robust enough to stand up to, like, repeated kind of iteration and um, kind of variation for, for a full-length game. And this game is not, like, what I would call necessarily a full-length game. I think I probably played through the whole thing in, like, an hour. Um, but it's awesome. So 
the the concept of super hot, if you're not familiar with it or don't remember our previous discussions, is that it is a first person game where time progresses at an incredibly, incredibly slow rate while you're standing still. And then as soon as you move, while you're moving, time progresses at a normal pace. So essentially it gives you not quite unlimited, but quite a lot of time to kind of look every angle around you and then fire your gun or swing your sword or punch a guy or move. And then while you're doing those things, time like quickly speeds up. And then as soon as you stop moving, time slows down to a crawl again. And so it, it kind of combines the feeling of sort of a tactical turn-based game, but puts it into perspective that those games are never in, which is first person, and then combines it with the kind of chaotic things going all around you, like very um, kind of amped up feeling of a first person shooter. And they, in this more complete version, they just continually build on that in a way that doubles down both on the first person frenetic um, kind of experiential side and also the sort of puzzle like tactical side. Like the thing is so cool about it is that a lot of levels almost feel like puzzles. It's like, okay, there's this many guys all around me and you know, this many of them have guns and they're going to, I know that when I kill these two guys, another guy is going to come out from behind this other place and if I haven't managed that, there's already going to be a bullet that is so close to me that as soon as I start moving, it's going to, it's going to hit me. Um, so how do I, how do I plan do you, ahead now, next time when I die to keep that from happening? And do you find that you play through levels over and over again and end up optimizing a playthrough? Like, does it only like, until I succeed? And then when I succeed, sure, I just sure. go to the next one. Cause it's, it's funny that I've, I've seen video of super hot, but I've never played it. And it, you know, it, since it's a first person game and you're moving around, uh, and everything is animated. You know, it has the feeling of a really active experience. But the way that you describe thinking through how you get through a level reminds me of playing Hitman Go or Lara Croft Go mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. That's what I mean about this sort of tactical turn-based. Part. I guess those aren't really tactical games; those are entirely puzzle this, games. The but, turn-based puzzle, but it, but it has. Yeah. But yeah, th- those are good. Those are good um, touchstones, really, because they both involve only one like player avatar, as opposed to a tactical right. And those game, are also games actually where when you move. Everything else moves. That's true. Yeah, exactly. But they right. all move yeah. one turn unit. Like mm-hmm. if you move in Hitman Go, all the guards go sh- and shuffle the same distance yeah, that you do. Exactly, and it do- it does kind of have that feeling. And that, but the thing that that it it also has that a pure tactical or puzzle or turn based game of any kind doesn't have is it still has that amazing feeling that a great first person shooter of a certain kind has. And I'm thinking of games like Fear or Halo or games where you're direct physical interactions with other players or NPCs feel very physically um, substantial and where kind of action and opposite reaction are really significant. So in this game, um, you know, when you get up close and just punch a guy, just a, you know, close combat attack and he's holding a gun, he will kind of get blown back by the force of your attack and then his gun will fly out forward, and then you can kind of gr- snatch it out of the air. And oh, because is, time is slow enough that you can precision target right, it? Right, exactly. Yeah. And you get these little bursts of speed, because when you punch the guy, it's quickly this burst of real time oh, That was a question speed. I had. So when you, do the, when you execute the punch, the duration of the punch, time runs as as normal or something right exactly but then as soon as as soon as you're done executing the attack it slows down again so it almost feels like i mean this is a a good version of zach exactly yeah Yeah. it's like speed whereas that stuff in his zach snyder movie is so frequently just gratuitous and kind of meaningless it's just oh it's just totally sick to slow down time and speed it up again in this game it actually has real meaning and weight because it's directly related to your moments of decision and impact and reaction. Like it, it has the kind of stylistic effect of that, but also there's this really like weighty feel behind it. And it's really substantial and kind of ends up sort of elevating everything you're doing because you get both the thoughtfulness of the slow kind of take your time, look around phase. And then also 
like the really satisfying impact of stuff happening in real time. It's really, really cool. And the feeling of like realizing there's three guys around you and then grabbing like a vase off the table and chucking it at one guy. And then as it, as it leaves your hand and time returns to slow motion, turning around and shotgun blasting two guys. And then as that happens, as time speeds up, as you let out your shotgun blast during the time speed up, the vase will fly through the air and hit the guy you hit before. And then his weapon will fly out of his hand towards you. And then you discard your like potentially now empty shotgun, grab that other gun out of the air and then shoot the guy straight in front of you who's like running at you with a sword. And it's just, I, I mean, it's the most like, it's completely gratuitous in terms of just violence and chaos and like sort of bloodlust, I guess. But it is so <laughs> clever and well put together and just the, just the particular combination of these elements is just totally unique. Like it's just what other game is like this? I don't know. It's really, really cool. And I wish it were longer. Do you get to watch It'll in real time at the end of the yeah, level. There's a, there's so a replay. Cool yeah, there's a replay that just goes through. <laughs> I don't even really usually watch it cause it's never as cool feeling no. as the exp- actual experience of doing it. But, it but, yeah, but it's off. there. It's fun I mean, to it's see good that they have it there. Yeah. It's games like that, that have that execution. It feels like you like the, not, not just the Hitman ghost of, <clears throat> but actual Hitman games where mm-hmm. yeah. you feel like you've performed this perfectly timed, intricate totally. thing. The difference is that in this in that game, there's not really the same kind of physical action reaction simulation. There's the action reaction of these sort of macro systems that are mm-hmm. all going on, the sort of AIs walking around and you um, planning your strategy and sort of the the combinatorial results of that. Um, but there's not the small scale like hit the guy like as you hit the guy away, his gun flies towards you in equal opposite you know force like that. That little, very tiny micro stuff, which is why I bring up games like Fear or Halo, mm. um, because that stuff, that's, that's what's really satisfying about a first person action game when they are really satisfying in that way. Um, and it's just, it's really cool. And I don't mean this to like downplay Hitman or first person games that are not about that. Obviously, no, it's, just it's just that this is, you know, I, I feel like that, st- that property of first person games has not been as, um, there was kind of a great era of, of, of that style with again halo and fear which both came out in sort of the i guess early to mid 2000s and obviously they're still making halo but it doesn't it feels like that's less the focus in in first person games now to some degree uh and it's really cool playing something that has that but also is totally evolutionary i mean this is not a rehash of anything it's really cool um the story feels is very um uh um what is that? What is the game with the animal masks and you murder everyone? Hotline Miami. Hotline Miami. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Hotline Miami before you even started describing yeah. it because it just super yeah. hot. Seems like the sort of game that would have a Hotline Miami esque yes. story. Yeah, exactly. It it feels like that in that sense of the the game sort of just bathing in its kind of um, violent craze and, and then sweat. Yeah, exactly. But uh, less grimy, just aesthetically because it's this very stark white and red. Um, visual style, but the 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 narrative overlay is pretty cool. I guess. I mean, like it's I re- the it, the the conceit of the game. And this is introduced at the very beginning. It's not a spoiler. Is that Superhot is actually Superhot.exe, which is a like crack that you use, like a, a like a server crack that you use to to remote into some like corporate server or something, and then the thing that happens when you do that as you play this crazy game that is super hot so it's a weird <laughs> matrix type situation almost yeah and yeah. and and it's kind of it's it, it has similarities to hotline miami and sort of there's the theme and i don't know like does I, it have like bad fine. midi music like you saw like an actual no, key like gen no music oh. in this at all actually <laughs> which is really sense yeah it's interesting that'd be so hard to like, oh, I just meant if like the main menu design. had like a shitty like Baroque meets electronica, <laughs> oh, uh, like a where's yeah, like, like a key gen crack. or something. Like, <laughs> if you run superhot.exe, it just goes no 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 like just some like they have stuff like that in you can like browse around the directory structure a bit in the game, and there are a few little things like 
like that, but not. I think not, the not that um, the clay game Invisible Ink. You can buy like hack upgrades, and they do have shitty key gen music that plays instead <laughs> of the game, and you get them. Oh, that's which is so really good. good. That's so funny. Yeah, my friend used to write that music. Some of that music. You used to write music for for key gens. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> back in the day. That's really funny. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> um. So yeah, Super Hot is really really cool. I. I wanted to play more of it when it ended. Oh, that, yeah. It's so hot, it's cool. Yeah, well, what are you going to do? Um, Do they have a release date? I don't know. I actually don't know the answer to that. Their Kickstarter emails do not center around one that I've seen. I backed it. Um, but they seem like they're getting close. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's too bad that that game is not playable by a lot of people yet. I mean, yeah. the free, they're like, their, their prototype is, I guess, if you want to just yeah, a taste you, of what it's like. Yeah, but it, yeah. it seems like the thing that this new version is doing that they're like doubling and tripling down on is all of that sort of kinetic person to person contact stuff. Yeah. Because Super Hot, the original one was way more about like, it felt like it was basically a game of that scene at the end of the first Matrix in the hallway when Neo does bullet time where mm-hmm. there's just guys at the end of a hallway and you dodge their shots and yeah. shoot them. Like that's basically what the yeah, original Super Hot was. Yeah, and this game was, still right? has that. And right. my, my suspicion is that someone who was more interested in the gunplay could probably play this game and just optimize their play towards that. I, you know, unsurprisingly, based on what I've just said now and, you know, people who've listened to this podcast for a long time and have heard me talk about Halo and stuff. You know, that's I, I love all of that really close you love, like, up tight, kinetic crisp melee stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that that's and I was just totally shocked by how much this game exploits that stuff to really great ends. So yeah, I I loved playing all the way through it. I played all the all the way through it in one sitting and it was great. That's cool. Yeah. I could use a break. Let's take a break. I was about to say that what Chris said was super cool, so it's good that we're going on a break instead of me I saying that. that. I was going to call it super hot. You said super hot. cool? Video this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by MeUndies. MeUndies provides all kinds of extremely comfortable and very stylish underwear. They, in fact, do a monthly style, and the December style of MeUndies is basically incredible. I'm trying to buy it right now. On my phone, it's very good. It's like, like a Christmas a, like sweater, a needlepoint Christmas, like Nordic blue and white pattern. I don't know how to describe it, but you'll know when you see it immediately. It looks like a Christmas sweater, uh, but on your boxers. On your, but box. it does not feel like a Christmas sweater on no, your feels, on your bottoms. No, how uh, does it feel? Some would say it feels like wearing nothing at all. Um, I'm not so sure I want that, but it I guess it's good. better than nothing at all. Fair enough. Um, if you go to MeUndies.com slash thumbs you can get 20 percent off your first order plus free shipping in the u.s and canada that is always the case money back guarantee always uh, nice to know not that i think you'll need it um but meundies.com slash thumbs uh is where you'll go for 20 percent off it's important to wear festive underwear at christmas it's very vital if the thing about you know like when you're in an uncomfortable situation and you imagine everyone naked. If that doesn't work for you, you can <laughs> step it up by not having to imagine, but knowing that underneath your pants you have an amazing festive uh, pattern that probably is way cooler and more festive than anyone else. Get these else for your you. entire family, and then you can imagine <laughs> them wearing a very specific print uh, and cut of underpants because you will know exactly know what they're there. all wearing. Yeah. Don't think too hard about that because then it'll come back around and get weird. But, you know, if it's a confidence building exercise, <laughs> it'll that works totally for you. chill you out on Christmas morning. <laughs> totally, yeah. You'll just be like, oh, everyone's wearing that oh, Nordic I can, sweater. I can totally handle this difficult family situation. <laughs> the difficult family situation will be helped because everyone will be feeling so weird about knowing they're all wearing literally identical underwear. That nobody Wear these will, nobody will bring up like Donald yeah. Trump or whatever. You get a very disturbing <laughs> letter. Yeah. When your whole family gets stuck Trunks? through uh, some enhanced airport security and you're all stripped down to your Christmas <laughs> meandies in front of everyone. Think about how confident you'll feel. You can purchase these yourself at meandies.com slash thumbs. Video games. We're back. Are we? I guess we are. I'm here. <laughs> We're back. So I recently also played through another game that was a one-sitting kind of start-to-finish experience, which was Sybil by Nina Freeman, which came out, I guess, about a a month ago, maybe, at this point. Mm -hmm. And I actually played through it, I think, two weeks ago and and just 
you know, as often happens on this show, I had something we ended up talking about something else instead. But um, do you remember how Sybil is spelled? Uh, yeah, C I B E L E. I'm pretty sure. Um, and I would have expected it to be pronounced Sibel, but I guess the developer Nina Freeman pronounces it Sybil. So that is what it is. Um, this is a game that is seemingly extremely autobiographical and is you play from the perspective of Nina Freeman, the designer of the game as she is, I want to say 19 or so, uh, maybe, maybe younger than that. And, um, is playing an online game where she sort of has a group of friends and kind of uh, begins a kind of um, kind of adorable, naive relationship with another kind of just MMO playing dork in this game. And uh, I really liked it. It's, it's a very, very... Um, it's very unguarded and that's kind of the thing that makes it feel true. Like when you're playing through the game, you're basically clicking through this very, very, very simplistic version of an MMO where really all you're doing is just clicking, 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 clicking and your character attacks enemies. And then the other the guy that you're playing with his characters walking around the screen, attacking enemies and you're both just doing this and you can't lose or do it wrong. You just kind of click forever. Um, and then in between those segments, you're just on her de- her computer's desktop and you can browse through all of her files and chat logs and pictures and emails and all these things. And you're just following, you know, these months in her life as documented through her online correspondence and her experiences playing this game with this guy over like Skype or Ventrilo or whatever you know, online, you know, whatever voice chat they're using. And the thing that I, the thing that I think works about it is that it really nails the, um, very naive kind of, um, inexpert communication that these two people have in what is essentially both of their first real relationship and also, so that, and then also the way that people talk on when they're voice chatting online with people they've never met in person and how it inherently has this very stilted, um, weird sort of exploratory tentative tone. Um, she, and I guess her, her current boyfriend who isn't the guy depicted in the game portray these two characters as, you know, voice actors and, uh, and that stuff just really felt really honest to me. Um, I never, I never had a relationship that started in an MMO, but but I definitely played uh, World of Warcraft for a while with people who I only knew through the internet for about six months, and you know, eventually got to the point where I would be voice chatting with them. Some of them were people I knew in real life, and some of them weren't. And I just, you know, I'm sure there are people listening to this who have much more significant MMO experiences than I have in that regard. But even my kind of brief period of time where I was doing that made this game feel really honest and authentic to me in that way. And it was very easy to kind of imagine how the convergence of a young, young romantic relationship and that kind of tentative online communication would merge into the kind of experience in this game. And the other thing I really like about it is that it portrays a relationship that uh, is the, the guy in the relationship doesn't, neither of them really know what they're doing quite honestly. And I like that the game is compassionate. The game, the authorial voice of the game feels humane and compassionate towards both of these characters instead of implicitly condemning either of them for being shitty because they just kind of didn't know what they were doing yet because they were young and idiotic, which is just (laughs) how everyone is, you know, below a certain age, especially in, in romantic relationships. Um, I, uh, I have mixed feelings about like, you know, some, some parts of the game, I got, I don't feel it's 100% successful in, in every respect, but I don't really 
care to drill down into that because I think that the things that it, the most significant things that it tries to do, it succeeds at doing. And I think it's a really novel, really interesting, very sort of charming and um, well put together thing. Yeah, it sounds really sweet. Yeah, it is really sweet. Yeah, I'd definitely like to check it out. It, it makes me feel really nostalgic for that period of yeah, it will make you feel, uh, if time. You, have any you know, grounding in this stuff, it will make you feel nostalgic as shit for it. Yeah, I just downloaded Emily is away, which just seeing the presentation of that game, which is takes place all over AIM. You're just like AOL Instant Messenger. Excuse me, you're just IMing with the game is you're just adding that's what the game is and it's yeah. free on steam uh-huh. and i haven't played it yet but in that terms of like nostalgic for that moment of time was like for most of us it was like college-ish and after or before-ish like that sort of yeah. whatever six eight years to eight years um uh i had that same feeling and it's exciting to me that there's a world of warcraft came out 11 years ago mm-hmm. yeah it came out yeah i guess i was in co- i was Weird. definitely in college yeah yeah yeah, I definitely spent way too much time on the internet back then. Yeah. It, yeah. it makes me sad for the internet now. Yeah. I, my, <laughs> yeah there are my, people, don't worry, Spaff. People who were your age then have taken yeah, up that mantle and fucking course. force. So there's, yeah, yeah. There, don't worry. It's, fine. <laughs> it's okay. The internet still has young people. But no, yeah, like, I'm yeah, super, yeah. super nostalgic for that time. Like, I know Jake because of the internet. Me I'm too. here. I know you because of the yeah. internet. Yep. All of y'all. Yeah. I yeah, sort of relationships my, through my, that My thing. period when I was in these sort of phase this game depicts i guess existed before world of warcraft did i but for me that the games would have at that time would have been um uh like uh starcraft weirdly and and uh games of that era which mm. had chat rooms that weren't part of the main game where you could sort of develop those relationships because it would have been difficult to like have those kinds of communication right. while playing starcraft <laughs> so we just such a crazy game but my most mm-hmm. weird sort of like my most potent aesthetic memory of that era of the internet i was at uc santa cruz yeah and it was walking home from class on this like a really foggy winter evening and then walking through uh like a quad in one of the sort of big 60s cement dorm areas like classic 60s university things and just hearing uh the a the AOL Instant Messenger system chimes blasting out of someone's window and echoing across <laughs> yeah. like half of the university. Bloop, bloop, oh, you man. know, yeah. like it was the era when people had like iMacs were really new and like all those like all in one computers that had sound cards and broadband was really new. So everyone had just way way big, bigger computers in college than they should have. But it also meant that idiots just turned their speakers all the way up. So yeah, you would just hear like and it was the i don't know yeah. just instead of like and it wasn't messenger yeah that was the that was the lord of that period of time yeah in a way that i guess facebook is now mm. yeah but facebook doesn't make wacky overbearing chime sounds they or can, they can reverb i mean it makes little tiny ones it yeah. makes little i feel little like if your tasteful. account is still active and you haven't looked at it in six or seven years it wasn't messenger yeah, yeah or maybe longer 10 years if you're able to log in to your account and see the giant list of offline friends. Oh, you can. It's great. I have the same. I've That's had like s- driving by your childhood house or something. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, I, <laughs> yeah. I've used. I actually finally. Oh man, what a this guy is, brush, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> fucking guy brush tea. Uh, God, the other <laughs> spelled wrong. But I, I just I stopped using it because of Slack. But yeah, the, it's uh, I used. To, I've had. I was on AOL Instant Messenger consistently from on the same user account from like fifth grade up through. Yeah, me too. Up through this job when we got Slack and it made me not sign on to AIM anymore. Yeah, which is a bummer. But yeah, you you'd occasionally just see like friends who at one point when you were able to link your aim login to your gmail people did that so then sometimes when like friends in from i never did that i i, I never did either but you in early os 10 their chat yeah but just AIM yeah it is so strange to see screen names from 1997 just go boop and pop up on your buddy list and you're like wow dominic green mm. Man, <laughs> yeah. my my aol is i it's now been a couple of years since i signed into it but when i last time you know I only ever had one username and it was the same all those years. And the experience of it for me was basically just slow death to attrition of just slowly and slowly fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer people on my list would ever be logged in as they would just move on to other servers. But I never replenished it because I never met 
people who are like, oh, let me give you my AOL. So yeah, no, it stopped, it so stopped it in college for me. eventually winnowed down to but, a sad yeah, I, I left it on because there was stream. a few people that I still used to yeah. talk to it, but then you'd always, it would be like, whoa, there's that guy who did textures on that Quake 3 mod that I worked on. I haven't <laughs> didn't think that guy existed yeah. anymore or whatever, you know. Yeah. But you don't message them when you see them sign on. Yeah. That would be weird. Man, speaking of driving by your childhood house, the other day, I was, in, I was over Thanksgiving, I was in, it was in the town where I grew up in San Diego, and I drove my, the car that i had in high school which now my dad just has um through my old high school and it was was, what it was really weird like through the actual school no i will through through the the middle of the school parking lot and like doors peeled out of the listening to smash mouth i actually drove all the way back to the like uh along the sort of staff and maintenance only roads that go to the like um football stadium and so, which I'd never driven on before, and it felt very transgressive because I never, right. that never would have been possible, right. you know, when I was there. But it was, you know, it's just an open campus, so I just, whatever. It was a weird feeling. So nostalgia talk on Idle Thumbs. So that's mm. that's Sybil in a nutshell. It's mm-hmm. like getting in your old car that your dad owns and driving down the staff <laughs> road of your school but like the internet version of that right. whilst hearing aol chimes in your yeah. ears yes it's weird i turn on the radio and it kept just making these aol, AOL chimes it was very strange i think i think, just kept saying, oh i see style that was a semi-charm kind of life oh, oh sounds god a lot like aol chimes all organized together did you see those are christmas mouth sounds special a Christmas mouth sounds special. No, mm. oh. well, you should enjoy that then. If I search for Christmas mouth sounds special, will I find it? Probably. It's by Neil. Neil Cicerega. yourself. Cool. I know how to say his second name, even though I've known him on AOL Instant Messenger <laughs> for like twenty years. <laughs> I remember the first, the first, the 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 way I originally knew of Neil Ciceriega, who I, I guess is how you say his name. Uh, who made mouth sounds and Potter puppet pals and a million things that are super famous was uh, because I was part of the adventure game studio community, which is a, a a tools, uh, a suite of game development tools for making classic style point and click adventure games. And he was on there as well, I think. And he made, he like remixed the salmon max theme into like a (laughs) disco version. And I, I knew that was the one piece of, his work that I knew, but he, I think he was then like becoming famous on the internet. Yeah, like all, me, Jake and I then hosted stuff. his animation site on mix and mojo. Oh man. Yeah. That's hilarious. Which was at one point vaguely related to LucasArts cause he made a Simon Jeffrey, the then president of LucasArts <laughs> flash animation, but then quickly turned into this beast. Yeah. Uh, and then also crazy. became really popular on An- the internet. What was it? Anime- no, what was it called? It was called an Animutations. Yeah, Animutations. Yeah. yeah, they were amazing. The old, Weirdly enough, let's just bring this as far back around as we can. Neil Cicerega is currently working on an AGS engine-driven point-and-click adventure game really? called Icon Architect 1.0 that is about... You play a woman who's an assistant at a graphic design firm doing sort of like Susan Kerr-style early Macintosh oh, icon man. design. So... Uh, the game is all about like it's got a you know like it just looks like an office with like teal carpet and drop ceiling and it has like the paint like the the like sketchy paintbrush illustration from those paper cups <laughs> on the wall as a print and stuff like it doesn't look wacky and mouth sounds like it looks like he's trying to do a really nice yeah. thing but yeah anyway so this guy who Spaff has known for twenty years on Instant Messenger who Chris met on this message board is now making a game about <laughs> retro computer interfaces that's crazy yeah. It's called, me, it's called Icon Architect 1.0, and I'm really excited about it. That makes me think of that game it's someone tweeted loop. you earlier, which was deck building the deck building game. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a deck building game about actually building a physical Like a deck on the back of your house? Yes. house. Yeah. <laughs> Good. Good. I would totally play that game. Yeah. We should get that and play it. Yeah. I, the, um, I, but that's real? Yes. Oh, yeah, lovely. that's a real thing. Oh, okay. a photo uh, yeah, of it. There were some, some, people, some people replied to me when I said, oh, I, I, this is actually an interesting theme, I think. Some people replied and said it's actually a really good game. So I'll get it. Yeah. Do you know what it's called? It's called Deck it's Building. Called deck, deck Building. building game. The Deck Building game. Is so good. Okay, good. <laughs> now Variety grab phone. bag on Out of Thumbs this week. Yep. Yeah. Featuring Deck Building. Deck Speaking building. of which, time for reader mail. <laughs> so, uh, 
Let's see. Abaya Hess writes, Hi, Thumbs. Long-time reader, first-time mailer. Last week's reader mail about limited-time GTA demo challenge runs reminded me of something similar I used to do many years ago with a friend of mine. One of our favorite games of the time was Quake 1, which we played excessively. After a while, we got bored of just playing through the game normally, even on harder difficulties, so we came up with the idea of doing specialized challenge runs. We would take turns trying to clear the first level of the game on the hardest difficulty, but with severe self-imposed restrictions. For example, you can only turn left and strafe right, no shooting allowed. This was possible since you didn't necessarily need to kill any enemies to finish a level, only survive long enough to touch the teleporter at the end. Whoever wasn't playing would act as a sort of game master who would judge the progress of the player so far and reward or punish them by bestowing or withdrawing capabilities. So if the player was able to get past a tough section, the game master would say something like, well done, you can shoot three times, or that was sloppy, no privileges. Before long, we had organically developed a cartoonish overlord villain persona for the Game Master role, which became almost more fun to play than the actual challenges themselves. We would spend hours hamming it up as the overlord, coming up with harder and harder challenges, sillier and sillier villainous things to say, and laughing hysterically. It remains to this day one of my fondest gaming memories. Thanks and keep up the great work. Uh, Abaya. God, Quake was so good for doing stuff like that. Yeah. How do I have the time to play that much Quake? God damn it. <laughs> yeah, it's. I know, it's crazy. That really reminds me... Did, I, I think... Uh, we maybe had a mention of this on the show ages ago, but did you guys, when you were kids, ever play telling games or games that were sort of effectively pen and paper RPGs, but without any RPG rule sets whatsoever? No. When I, when I was when I was in elementary exactly, school, I had yeah. never heard of RPGs. I had never heard of Dungeons and Dragons or any of those games. But my friends and I were introduced by someone else to basically that concept, but just without. But just literally, just, just the game just, master. They'll just describe what's happening. Yeah, you say and you what say you do, what and then they do. just decide that yeah, they're going to exactly. tell you what happens as yeah. a result. No dice, no. Right. This just this sounds like that, but with like augmented with just this totally arbitrary. But system also, you have Quake, Quake is yeah. just there. <laughs> yeah, good. it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. We used to play games of deathmatch or Quake, where with limitations like that, that were fun. Like you know, you can only use your mouse, but you can rebind whatever the hell you want onto that mouse, or you can, you know, you're not, <laughs> <laughs> like, rebound oh, man, the really buttons funny. to go forward. That's really good, yeah. <laughs> yeah that kind yeah. of thing. God, is it possible to rebind it such that to go forward, you have to actually move the mouse forward? So you just have to do the endless, like, <laughs> pawing at the, the God, Yeah, yeah, it would be, yeah, because mouse look up, down, oh, left, yeah, and right, right were oh, bindable man. commands. <laughs> mouse look up, shoot. <laughs> <laughs> God, just yeah. that's like how a little kid might imagine that you're supposed to control that. It's like right, you slam the mouse towards forward, the yeah, boom, exactly, boom. Yeah, yeah or how it's on actually back. controlled in one of those shitty like 3D peripherals. Imagine how much easier it is now that you can just jerk your hand at the screen to shoot the gun. <laughs> um, all right, so Lewis. Lewis or Louis, I don't know. Right. Oh, sorry, I have to back up for half a second. You describing yeah. that makes me think. Talking all the way back to Super Hot, I I wonder if there is a Vive demo of that game because that game oh, is man. a game where your movement is actually mechanically super relevant. And you, I don't know if I'd, you'd want to walk all the way through that game though. Is the amount of space that the yeah, I mean, stick up really well, big? Well, there are. I mean, there are levels that are like multiple stories and Super Hot would be a perfect game then for someone to do one of those like the slightly increasingly in vogue super expensive VR buildouts where you basically. Buy a warehouse, oh, build man. a black painted super hot level, and put someone God, in a vibe. That would be intense. Yeah, that would be hardcore. That would be bonkers. Yeah, wow. Hmm. Super hot live. Yeah, that would be an amazing installation. That would be insane. Yeah. Sorry, getting shot at in VR is really scary. To yeah. Me. <laughs> but imagine if you could just stop moving and then Frightens see the bullet an inch from your face and really freak out. Ugh. Imagine if you punched a, a guy and, and when you shot at, and it was real spooky. I did not. Oh, like yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. Um, so Lewis writes, good day, good day, gentlemen. Love the cast. Thanks for all the great work and insight. I just finished From Earth to Pluto, where another listener wrote in to recount his GTA demo story. It reminded me of a meta game some friends and I had inventing, invented to prolong our enjoyment of GTA 3. One, activate the cheat reach. Oh, it's called Moonbeaming. Uh, step, step one you have me you, <laughs> you have to have a name for it That's activate the, the cheat where you change the skin of your character pick the heavier fellow with the hawaiian shirt which we nicknamed the loafer two <laughs> sweet Get what's this game called moonbeaming moonbeaming moon beaming with the loafer yep <laughs> morning show two get a hold of a moonbeam the van that looks like a gmc safari right uh Three, turn on the radio station featuring moonbeaming with the loafer. No. Uh, actual <laughs> oh, step three. What? 
proceed to beat people to death with the aluminum bat to raise your wanted level. Four, you may run from the authorities, but only on foot and in the original moonbeam. You cannot use any other weapons, only the bat. And you or must- an alternate moonbeam. Yeah. Nope, only and the you, only moonbeam And you one. must continue to wail on people as you run. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. You go until you die. Anyway, thanks again for the time. I want to play this care. so bad now. Yeah, that, that's a that's a pretty good like, uh, yeah. GTA GTA four or whatever. Just or five. Be the schlubby guy with a van and a bat, and you have to keep beating people up. That's really good. I'm glad people. Oh. I'm glad that writing us with your improv game inside of a game is a mm-hmm. thing right now. We're yeah, it's, oh, it's totally that, that one is the one that has tickled me the most. Mm-hmm. It just feels the most sort of complete to me. Uh, it's like the, really the tiniest, tiniest, tiniest. Like you've got uh, the Lost and Damned. You've got the Ballad of Gay Tony, and then you've got Moonbeaming moon <laughs> with the loafer. <laughs> with the loafer. <laughs> yeah, that's the Grand Theft Auto, the uh, like whatever Vice City Stone, Stories yeah. or uh, Liberty City Stories. Moonbeaming <laughs> with the loafer. Yeah. With the loafer. Gay, anyway. gay oh, Tony man. and the loafer. I can also just it, hearing him describe it gave me like one percent of the enjoyment of what it must have been like to play it or be, you know what i mean like yeah. i just right. felt it very man you know what i want to see i want to see an official rockstar games trailer for gta 3 moonbeaming using the song the what the van morrison song moon dance you know they always use like <laughs> yeah. actual licensed songs for their trailers that would be oh, what i, want I thought you were gonna say that you wanted to see the modern rockstar style trailer for moonbeaming in moonbeaming <laughs> players control the Hawaiian shirt character, known as the loafer, <laughs> must get in the van, the moonbeam, and pick up an aluminum bat. You the cont- player may use no other vehicle. Right. When running, continue swinging your bat to maintain your star rating. It would have some like grandiose, you can run over 1,000 square kilometers. Right. It would have, the like, entire city is available to you and your moonbeam. Yeah. As the run loafer. As fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are the two <laughs> official Rockstar trailers. Bat yeah. and run. <laughs> the moonbeam is capable of traveling at up to forty-five miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> the radio is stuck on the easy listening channel. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, so continuing this theme, Claire Hosking writes, Good. G'day, Thumbs. On the topic of demos and playing games in unintended ways, back around 2001, I downloaded a demo of Civ 3, probably from Downloads.com. It Classic. Se- it seemed to be a fully functioning game, but it was locked to a certain number of turns. Knowing that it was possible to crack games, I opened every file it came with, stumbling on a text file that had names of different units and a bunch of numbers below. I found that by changing the numbers, I could change whatever t- I could change what turns different units were available to research and use, how many things I could do per turn, etc. I started by slowly increasing things because I didn't want to cheat too much, but soon I was giving myself stealth aircraft in the first turn with extremely long range, getting rid of the fog of war almost instantly. While I didn't figure out how to break the turn lock, I extended what I could do per turn to the point where I could reach victory conditions before the lock kicked in, colonizing the whole board before the other civs had even researched cavalry. I assumed this would bring me glory and my civilization would remember me well. However, when the game would end, my citizens only remembered me as Claire the Meek or Claire the Fair, never Claire the Great or Claire the Magnificent. No matter how many wonders I added, it seems the ungrateful plebs either took it for granted that their civilization was just that good or possibly resented my empire colonizing and culturally assimilating them through what they knew were cheap tricks. I don't think it was intended, but it was a subtle and backhanded encouragement. It was a more subtle and backhanded encouragement to buy the real game than any DRM I've ever encountered. In, in retrospect, perhaps this is the closest I've seen any god game represent how gods are portrayed in myths and legend, working incomprehensible beyond the rules of the world and thus frustratingly unappreciated by the humans they help. Anyway, keep up the great cast, and please don't tell Soren I tried to pirate his game, Claire. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that was pretty heavy. good email, too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Really nice. Oh. Uh, John Coughlin writes, Hey Thumbs, in seventh grade I discovered the demo to Operation Flashpoint Cold War Crisis, which is since remembered as the original Arma after a split between publisher and developer. I can't remember if any single-player demo missions existed because I spent all my time connected to the multiplayer missions on GameSpy through dial-up internet. GameSpy had a chat room that was filled with 30 to 50 regulars, so through my months of playing the game, I developed a familiarity with our handles and skills. The best snipers, the best flag capturers, the chattiest teammates. This seems insane to me now, to spend months after school logged into the chat room of a single demo, but I had no money back then, and I think I'm nostalgic for a community as laser-focused as they. 
The only game mode I remember on the demo was a capture the flag mode with both teams starting outside a small town. The small town bordered the ocean on one side and a good sniping hill on the other, and I could probably still draw you a map of each house and their door and window placement. I eventually bought the full game and loved it, and all the Phantom Pain talk this fall got me think of the par- thinking of the parallels to the original Operation Flashpoint slash Arma. Both are huge, systemic, open-world Cold War military sims with lots of crawling, Cold War military sims with... Oh, sorry. Uh, lots of crawling, hiding in bushes, topographical maps, misdirecting enemies, and player choice in eliminating high-ranking officials. I haven't played any of the newer armors, but I revisited Arma Cold War Assault a year ago, and the game design still stands up. It's available on Steam for pretty cheap. Thanks for the great podcast, John Coughlin, Stoughton, Wisconsin. That's pretty cool. I had I had a similar experience that I think I've mentioned on this podcast before with a Quake um, a Quake mod called Chapter Honor, which was a uh, Warhammer 40k total conversion. No, you've talked about that. Yeah, and it basically it was only ever, as far as I know, it was only ever released as a demo. Like it was intended. To ultimately, the team be, will make a full mod yeah, one yeah, day. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh-huh. it was like, oh, this is the demo of Chapter <laughs> Honor. But the demo of Chapter Honor was played by probably a few dozen of us for years, and there were like, there were um, chapters which were effectively clans, and I still remember what most of the clans were called, uh, and and like I just knew every single username of everyone who played those games, and all the clans had their own shitty websites that that we all made, and it was. I mean, it was. Did you make the website for your clan? Was that part of how you learned how the web works? I had a clan for a while until what was it called? Cold. Yeah, names. I please. actually don't remember what mine was uh-huh. called. This is well, no, but the reason is because <laughs> the the reason I don't remember what mine was called was because I kind of let that clan uh, kind of just go fall, die on the vine when I was invited to join the Night Lords, which was like the actual like badass clan. It was like Obviously. the like the top tier clan, yeah. and so I kind you of just get stopped to be the Night paying Lords. attention to my clan. Um, it was a fun time. What was your clan called, Jake? Were you not, ever in a clan? a clan? Ever? No. Oh, wow. What no. About you, Sean? I was in a couple of Warcraft guilds. Um, I was in a Gypsy Cab Company, and then I was in a guild called Is a Dirty Docker. Can't remember if I was with what I was. Can't remember the order. With, uh, my uh, my patronage to those, <laughs> but they served me well. I was in a quake clan called the Concrete Sheep, and I the, the know con- the Conquering Sheep or concrete the Concrete Sheep. sheep. Okay. Concrete. I have sheep. no idea why like that... a sheep made out of rock. No, like concrete. Yeah, concrete. rock. Yeah, like you pour a sheep. mold. I don't know, and we we paid a really good uh, skin skinning person. Rorschach was his name. I think he went on to work on. Uh, I can't remember now. Uh, Tests. No, you know, like when all the modders went off to work on like. Right. He, so yeah. he probably worked at Raven. Yeah, I think it was Raven. <laughs> like where yeah. everyone went. Anyway, well, he like, made like a, a splash sheep. damage depending yeah. on what country he yeah, was yeah, looking at. skin. That was funny. Funny days. Probably paid like 50 bucks or something <laughs> for a skin of yeah. a sheep with a Terminator eye. I found a lot, like, it's funny. Like, a lot of, there's a lot of, like, survival. A lot of the survival games that have really, really expressive player verbs now, like Rust and the Arma 3 mods, the life mods for arma 3 um people are making their own games inside of there quite a bit remember starting with daisy like yeah of course all sorts of games happening inside of there um just in the uh people creating games instead of the demos yeah that's like, like the ultimate like version how of much yeah. how much of a random passerby's humanity can you strip away exactly all of it <laughs> maybe most it's like ollie like was playing an army 3 mod called Altus Life, which is now like oh yeah yeah we he talked about that on the podcast oh he did yeah and he talked about getting uh he was a drug dealer he was mm-hmm. playing as a drug dealer okay that was a good story go back and listen to that find it <laughs> on the forums I don't know what episode it was on um so I guess we'll close it out Trevor Johnson writes in about uh shareware Dukem Nukem he he writes good. Hmm? <laughs> Duke, the Duke of Newcombrie. Hey guys and missing gal, miss you D-Slice. Hearing your talk about shareware demo experiences reminded me of when I was younger, playing the shareware demo of Duke Nukem, the old side-scrolling early version. I was probably 9 or 10 at the time and just barely understood how to operate our DOS computer. I'd found a bunch of floppy disks at my uncle's and I was intrigued by a disk labeled Dukem Nukem. Black, <laughs> black exactly sharpie. right, uncle. <laughs> yeah, I eventually it. got it working and played it for many hours, always wishing it were longer. Eventually, I lost interest and moved on. 
Years later, I realized I was playing the shareware demo only. The disc actually had both. I was just a dumb child, and I didn't explore the disc further. So it was a a pirated Nukem Nukem, apparently. Yeah. Years later, I did a similar thing with the spawn mode of Diablo 1. I assumed the multiplayer version was just only able to have two dungeon layers for some technical reason. (laughs) Trevor Johnson. Good stories. I'm enjoying all these. This was like Nostalgia Blast episode, I suppose. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. Uh, if you enjoy this podcast, please tell a friend. Um, we have also all kinds of other shows at idlethumbs.net. Uh, they, we have shows that go up pretty much all week long at this point, which is nice. Uh, you can send us email at questions at idlethumbs.net. We're on Twitter at idlethumbs. Uh, we're on Facebook at facebook.com slash idlethumbs. And uh, thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Oh. Do it now. <laughs>